Welcome to Intersect, where church meets culture. I'm Josh Desch, pastor of community and discipleship at Northeast Presbyterian Church in Columbia, South Carolina. And I am joined, as always, by my lovely wife, the effervescent Betsy. How you doing today, Betsy? Hey, guys. All right. We're excited about this episode for today. Check out this title, everybody. Strong is the new skinny and the toned triceps as this season's hottest accessory. <laughs> Betsy gets all the credit for that title. Uh, but as we, as we jump into this topic, folks, let's, let's start with this. How amazing is exercise? Uh, exercise is a great thing, whether you're running, playing basketball, what, whatever doing you enjoy body doing. Step. Doing body step, <laughs> step aerobics. God has designed our bodies to receive a natural high when we exercise. Of course, we all know about the health benefits to exercise in terms of um, you know helping with the good kind of cholesterol, having good heart health, all of these sorts of things, just overall having a good BMI, all this. So exercise is a good thing, um, unless you hurt yourself <laughs> while you're exercising. Which hopefully doesn't happen, but... Yeah, it can. Um, it can. It can. It really can. So even if you drag yourself into the gym or you know out there on the trail to run, you're usually going to finish feeling absolutely amazing, unless, like Josh said, you somehow hurt yourself. Which, Falling off the treadmill. Yeah, there's, yeah. Dumbbell on the foot. That can really give you a rug burn on that treadmill. Um, but anyway, you know, I do teach um, a couple different classes. Um, right now I'm teaching seven classes a week at the gym. And one of my favorite things to say to my class as we get started and as the work gets harder is, you've done the hardest work just by getting here today. Just by showing up and getting through the door, that's the hardest part. And you're going to leave feeling amazing. And usually you do. Yeah, so it's it's great. You know, a comment my parents made uh, the other day to me is they said, "I don't, Josh, I don't remember growing up seeing as many gyms as I see now. You know, we have 24-hour fitness. We have Planet Fitness. We have Move Fitness. Hmm. We have all of these, you know, Gold's Gym and all, all this stuff. And there are a lot of gyms. Of course, there's the whole CrossFit movement that's all over the world now. So we live in a moment where... Perhaps more so than ever, people are exercise conscious. They want to exercise. They want to work out. And yet, let's talk about the tone triceps as this season's hottest accessory, Betsy. Yeah. So as I started thinking through this topic, I think we're witnessing a subtle shift in the way that the body, and at least the female body, is idealized. So, you know, I think this topic is probably more applicable to... Women, that's definitely obviously the perspective I'm coming at it from. Um, I'm, I'm sure men feel a certain pressure to be fit in ways as well. Um, but I am specifically talking about how women yeah. feel a pressure yeah. now um, to be fit as well as beautiful. So just looking back at um, some cultural ideals. So how we envision the ideal body is obviously culturally constructed. And if you look back over history, it's really changed drastically over the course of history. As I was thinking about this, I found a really interesting BuzzFeed video. It's called Women's Ideal Body Types Throughout History. It's really interesting. You should Google it. So BuzzFeed put out this video that used different size models to portray the beautiful ideal of different cultures throughout the ages. So starting in ancient Egypt, 
it was really interesting. And it kind of just illuminates how our Western concept of beauty and desirability is culturally constructed. So what was desirable in the Renaissance era, for example, maybe a plump figure, uh, a round belly, is no longer considered beautiful or desirable because of how our culture has shifted. So in this cultural moment, I would argue the ideal for a woman it, it, that you see in social media, you see it in print media, is to be lean and athletic. So kind of this phrase that we're seeing, strong is the new skinny. That's been around for a few years. You see it on social media. You see it on T-shirts. So what, does, what exactly does that mean? I think skinny, you know, we all know the skinny model. Skinny used to be all the rage. What, um, one thing I thought was really funny from the BuzzFeed video was it describes the 90s ideal as heroin chic. <laughs> kind of like skin and bones and... Yeah. Um, emaciated. Emaciated, <laughs> yeah. Glad, glad to move past that one. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I think that concept now of just being slender has been replaced with being fit and toned, kind of more of an athletic physique. So I think largely in our culture, you definitely see some trends of more body positivity and inclusivity which are really good things. You know, you see some plus-sized models in, in print media and on social media. You see more pushback against Photoshopping. You see some celebrities saying, you know, don't Photoshop me on the cover of this magazine. Mm -hmm. um, maybe more of a focus on body authenticity. But I think we've also seen a drift from idolizing super thin bodies toward super fit bodies. And you see that super fit ideal on social media and in print media media. And some people say, well, this is a good thing because, you know, we should want to be strong and not just skinny. So I think that is a good thing in some ways, but I'm arguing that that super fit ideal is equally as oppressive um, as the thin ideal because it's equally hard to attain for most women. Yeah. Actually, heroin cheek might be a little easier to <laughs> Yeah, because then you just I mean, don't eat. Because you don't have to bench press like 150. To, right. To <laughs> So there was a Psychology Today study citing that women feel equally bad about their bodies when exposed to either ideal. So where mm. do we see this in our culture? I think we're seeing this huge conflagration of beauty and sexiness and desirability now with fitness. So toned and muscular equals sexy. I think that's kind of where we are in our culture today. So Betsy, the, the big point you're bringing out here is that there really is, for one, there's no like transcendent ideal for beautiful. There may be some general categories, like I've heard every culture recognizes symmetry. Uh, but in the Han Dynasty or in Victorian England, for example, they were not idolizing having a six-pack and a spray tan and wearing athleisure wear, um, which I don't believe they had. Pretty sure about that one. Yeah. But rather, <laughs> let's let's all laugh, folks, and let's realize the cultural moment that we in that we are in and. It's going to be a different cultural moment in 50 years, right? Who knows yes. what we're going to think is sexy and attractive Robots, at that point. Robots, probably. Robots. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That is another podcast. <laughs> yeah. So one thing I think is really interesting is you're now seeing this, um, like I said, the overlap of beauty and sexiness with athletes, with athletic wear. So you see these high-profile models and social media stars are now doing major campaigns for athletic brands. You can think of tons of them. There's... Um, Gal Gadot, I just saw Reebok is has hired Wonder Gal Woman. Gadot, Wonder Woman, whoop what, what? whoop, to do a campaign for them for Reebok. Um, Gigi Hadid did one for Reebok last year, I think. There's Kylie Jenner, there's Kendall Jenner. They they are all doing these different campaigns for athletic wear. 
So I think what that says is these women are, they're regarded as beautiful and desirable. And now they're also portrayed as athletes with desirable physiques. So it's just this interesting shift we're seeing, I think. Um, And then you've got the stars like the Kardashians and the Jenners. You know, they've got these huge bubble butts. Like these are, who has these butts and these flat stomachs? I just don't even know what to say about that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You wonder, how honestly, how much of that is through plastic surgery. But then you just see the headlines about, oh, look at these toned, everywhere is about toned figures. And I, we even found a headline about Michelle Obama's arms. The magazine Vogue, this was so funny. They ran an article with the title, A Farewell to Michelle Obama's Flawless Arms, after uh, Barack Obama <laughs> oh left office. Goodness. An interesting historical note. Y'all uh, may have, I may have mentioned this before on the podcast, but I was a history major in college. And it's an interesting historical note to, to um, say that when George Washington was leaving office, Vogue also ran an article about Mar- Mar- Marsha Washington's... Martha fla- Washington. Mar- her flawless arms. Yes. Um, Martha Washington, there we go. Yeah, that's hilarious. Michelle, a lot of more important qualities to her than her flawless arms. Than her arms. flawless arms, yep. right. But it, when, you know, when you're just glancing through headlines, this is the kind of stuff that you see. And I think as a woman, you can internalize these things and say, well, I need to have these amazing toned arms. I need to have this you know, flat stomach, whatever, whatever. Another thing we see is just all these different hashtags. These are fascinating. There's one called Fitspo. Um, it's F-I-T-S-P-O. I think it's it's um, running together fitness inspiration. But if you look at all of the photos that are hashtagged with Fitspo, they're all about someone who looks a certain way. It's not about, you know, I'm going to go for this amazing run or mm-hmm. I'm going to finish this class or whatever. It's all about look at my body and be inspired by it, by the way that it looks, not what it does or anything else. Um, there's another hashtag that I just think is so ironic. It's I think Reebok has used it. It's um, hashtag perfect never. So, you know, I think the intention is is – supposed to be. It's okay to be imperfect. It's just be you. Stop chasing that idea of perfection. But then when you see the images that are hashtagged with this, it's a very slender white girl who looks a certain way. Again, she has that tone. Who's almost perfect. Who's perfect? Yeah, who is perfect. (laughs) That's the irony. It's like, what are you highlighting here? Maybe they're saying you'll never look like her. (laughs) Yeah. You will be perfect never. (laughs) Yeah. But this model is. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I just find that really um, Mm -hmm. ironic. So... You know, in the end, the question's not about the value of exercise or athleticism. As we've already said, exercise is so amazing. You feel so good when you do it. Your body just feels better. And so I'm not at all saying we should just push back and be couch potatoes at all. You know, it's so much fun to watch different athletes, what they can accomplish, female athletes who are incredibly muscular and toned. Like, this is all good stuff. But I guess my point here is let's all aim to be healthy, to keep our bodies in good shape, to enable us to serve God cheerfully and to have energy. But is all of that possible without having that pressure of needing to look a certain way? Yes, it's it's possible for normal people who don't look like fitness models to be healthy. So I think we really need to be careful um, what these expectations are that we're putting on ourselves. Yeah, I mean, in my world as a pastor, I have to live with the expectations of hashtag pastor bod, which I believe that's <laughs> is a that- big... Is that pretty hard? It's really difficult. That's a daily struggle for me. Um, (laughs) You know what what I take out of this, Betsy? Just how our idols so easily transfer from one thing to another Mm. and how 
we may feel like we're in this moment where we've overcome the objectification of women's bodies and it's no longer just about being skinny and it's body positive and it's about being strong and all of this, but yet how much of it is still on the external. Right. It's not really about character. It's not really about the kind of person you are. It's once again about how you look. And so the ability to escape from the idols that we are so often drawn to is much more difficult than we think, and often they simply morph from one thing to another. Right, yeah. So interestingly, strong is the new skinny is not a, a freedom of a type. I would say, like we said before, it's actually harder to achieve to be um, to have that athletic physique. For a lot of women, you're fighting your genetics. You know, it's not just like if you go to the gym consistently, you're going to look like these people who... Um, you know, who are up on social media. Anyway, I think that this is a struggle for you, as I know it is for many people, me included sometimes. I think we just really need to be careful about what we take in, what kind of media yep. we're, we're yep. looking at. You know, who are the people that we follow on social media? Do you put down your phone after looking at social media and just think, man, I need to go to the gym more? Because mm-hmm. I know that's common for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So I think at the end of the day, like you said, Josh, it's just another identity struggle. Yeah. And there's a, t- you know, these identity struggles, they always tie into different areas of our life. So for example, on our appearance, that can affect the way we eat. And, you know, there's a whole clean eating movement right now. Right. That's and a whole nother. That's a whole nother deal. Hey, away. nothing wrong with that. If you're somebody who wants to be a vegan or you don't want to eat, you know, this or that, that's fine. But you have to ask the question, how many people are making that decision based on how they want to look instead of maybe better reasons like health or, or whatever? All I know is I'm not giving up Chick-fil-A. That's 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 what I'm going to say definitively right now on this podcast. I'm I'm not going to do it. That's right. And if you get a dad bod, so be it. Thus say that the Lord. I mean, <laughs> if that's if that's what happens, I'm okay with it. Yeah. So as we close our discussion, I um I have read a book over the years by Elise Fitzpatrick. Uh, it's a really good book. If this is a particular area of struggle for you, it's called Love to Eat, Hate to Eat: Breaking the Bondage of Destructive Eating Habits. So if this is a struggle for you, that's a really good resource. Mm-hmm. Anyway, one thing she says in the book is is this: You probably won't have perfect health all your life. Most people don't. But as as long as you have life, you should do your best to protect it. If that means remembering to take your medication or rest, if that means building an exercise regimen into your sedentary lifestyle, if that means learning how to cheerfully embrace God, uh, embrace life under God's sovereign rule and love and stop worrying, then begin to do so now. And this is the part that I love. Just remember that caring for your body is not the goal of life. Glorify, glorifying and loving God is. Caring for your body is merely a means to an end and one way to say thank you to the Lord for all the things he has done for you. So I love that. And, you know, let's not make caring for our bodies the thing that we're all about. It's um, a means to an end to enable us to serve the Lord. Amen. That's good stuff. So, Josh, curious, what you reading these days? So, glad you asked, Betsy. So I just finished a book, which, as you know, of course, you read first and then gave to me. It's called The Stranger in the Woods, The Extraordinary Story of the Last True Hermit by Michael Finkel. And uh, it's a national bestseller, big book. And it's really interesting. It's one of those books you can't put down. It's about a strange guy who decides to go in his very early 20s and live on his own in the woods in Maine. And he ends up living in complete isolation for 27 years. Uh, Barely interacts, uh, maybe has one or two social interactions 
which consists of saying hello to a hiker, something like that, over the course of 27 years. I won't give away all the details of the book. He eventually um, goes to jail and, and everything like this, but the, it's what's fascinating about the book is it's a real... It's a meditation, it's a reflection, it's an evaluation on solitude, on our need for other people, on community, what does it mean to be alone. So just a fascinating book. If you start it, you won't be able to put it down, and you'll knock it out in about three days. Yeah, it's a great beach read. That's right, that's right. So I've got one more thing for us for today. Just being honest. Here's my just being honest for today. As of March 1, life in Switzerland really changed, and I would say... It really changed for the worse in Switzerland because a law took effect in, on March 1st in Switzerland that now bans the common cooking method of tossing a live lobster into a pot of boiling water, <laughs> which quickly kills the tasty crustacean. And that practice has been outlawed because the Swiss say it's cruel and lobsters can sense pain. Oh. Yeah. So no yeah. more lobster boils in so Switzerland. So there are if you are in Switzerland, you cannot grab those live lobsters with the rubber bands on the claws and toss them into the pot. I always thought it was a merciful I mean, no. I'm not a huge lobster guy. But they haven't banned eating lobsters. So I guess there's other yeah, ways. Yeah, that begs the question. How else do you cook a lobster? Maybe you get the lobster's consent on the way it wants to die, you know, <laughs> and maybe it you can't like put it putting it in a pan isn't nice either. You know, maybe you put a movie in front of it, and then I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. The Swiss th- that's a very advanced society, so they have a lot to teach us. I guess, but so. there is no more tossing live lobsters into boiling water. It's bad news for all the lobsters. Sorry, lovers. Switzerland. Sorry, <laughs> um, don't have that law here in America. Hey, yet. Th- yet. <gasps> Thanks for tuning in to Intersect. As always, if you have any questions, email us at intersect at anyprez.com. And thank you once again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.